Well, good morning, everybody, and I'm so glad that you are here. My name is John, and however it is that you're joining us, if you're watching uh, live, uh, so glad that you're watching. Hope that you are participating in the chat and having fun there. If you're watching on YouTube later on during the week, if you're listening to the podcast and you're out walking, running, uh, be careful, uh, but I'm so glad that you're uh, able to watch. Uh, So for today and uh, for the last two weeks and actually for the next couple weeks, Uh, I have a a very simple uh, agenda, if you're wondering if I have an agenda while I'm talking. I have one kind of very simple application point that I want every single person to do. So if you tune out or turn it off or your power goes out or you fall asleep and you're wondering exactly what you're supposed to do with the message today, it's very, very simple, is that we want every single person to be in what we are calling a one-on-one relationship. Uh, And we're going to be talking about this for the next couple weeks. And when we say one-on-one relationship, we're talking about a relationship that is very, very particular. So it's not just that you have one other person that you're buddies with or that, you know, your girlfriend's with or that, like, you, like, get together with every once in a while or that you, like, spend some time together. We are talking about a very particular and, I think, a very unique kind of relationship that has these kind of characteristics. So we're going to be talking about these over the last couple weeks, and these are probably a little bit hard for you to read, but you can see these all on the website, which is actually the real goal, is to go to ChristChurchAlbany.org, click on the tab that says one-on-one, or if you're watching live, you can click on the one-on-one tab, and it'll bring you to the site where you can sign up. What we're looking for is we're looking for relationships that are regular. We want this to be something that is on your schedule, hopefully on a weekly basis, where every week you're getting together with this person, you're going on a walk, you're meeting for coffee, you're socially distanced hanging out, you have a Zoom call, you have a phone call, but it's on the calendar, it's regular. And it's something where you're being real. This is not something where you're just like chit-chatting about the weather. This is where you're talking about the deep down stuff that maybe you don't share with everybody, that you shouldn't share with everybody. But with this person, you talk about it. And when you get together with this person, you're getting together for the sole purpose of growth. We're not just getting together to hang out and pass the time. I want to grow. I want to get better in life. And they want to get better. And we're going to not do it alone. But we think the best way to grow, especially in loving Jesus, loving each other, and loving the world, is if we do it together. And that's, that's why we're walking right now. Because I want to grow, and you want to grow, and we're going to do this together. Uh, and we're going to keep each other accountable. We're going to ask each other the hard questions, Uh, and for that, there needs to be a lot of trust. I need to make sure that I can tell you the deep, dark things, and you're not going to tell them to other people. You're not going to be tweeting them later on to, you know, folks, uh, but I can trust you. And lastly, that this isn't just two people getting together, but that this is two people getting together under the name of Jesus. Two people getting together under the power of the Holy Spirit. And our hope is that what happens in these relationships is more than just the benefit of two people getting together. But there's a supernatural aspect to this. Uh, So I'm I'm super excited about this. I want every single person to sign up. Again, you can go to the website and either let us know who you're thinking about doing one of these with, or we would be glad to help pair you. And I'm as excited about this initiative that we're doing as a church as I've been about really anything that we've done uh, throughout the history of our church. But as I've been thinking about it, praying about it over the last couple days, weeks, uh, I have at least three worries or fears. Uh, So the first worry or fear that I have is that a lot of you will hear this over the last couple weeks, you'll hear this over the next couple weeks, and you'll think, that's awesome. 
Like, I, I, I totally need a friend like that in my life. But, like, I, I don't really have the time, and it's busy, and it'll be so awkward to ask somebody. And, like, you'll really, really like the idea, but you won't actually do it. And this is helpful content, but it really has no meaning unless you actually put it into practice. And so I want to encourage you to not just hear these things that we're saying, not just think that's cool, I should do that someday, I hope other people do that, but that you actually take the step to do it. Uh, the second worry I have is that you would skip a lot of these steps and you would really just make this something that you do regularly and you would, you would really just make it just a Bible study. And why I say that, and this has kind of like my own personal baggage of, you know, we all have stuff, we're going to talk about that later on in the sermon, of growing up in church. But growing up in church my whole life, I have seen lots of really great people who have got together regularly. Uh, people got together every Sunday morning. People got together, you know, uh, uh, early morning for breakfast. And they would get together and they would study the Bible together. But that was it. They wouldn't really share how they were really doing. They wouldn't really hold each other accountable. And they got together, and they got smarter about the Bible, which is great. That uh, They learned a lot of things, you know, that their, their intellect got bigger. But their lives oftentimes weren't changed, because it can't just be about a Bible study. It has to be these others, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Uh, but for today, the fear I have is kind of the absolute opposite of that, is that you'll do all of these, but you'll skip the supernatural part. You'll say, okay, fine, like, I'll, I'll get together, we'll start getting together regularly, we'll share, that's so hard, and like, we'll start holding each other accountable. But then you'll, you'll skip like, the prayer part. You'll skip the Bible part, because I mean, especially if you're new to faith, or maybe even if you've been a Christian for a long time, that can be like the really awkward part. I mean, how often do you pray with somebody else? And when was the last time that like, you talked about the Bible, and then you were going to expose maybe some of the things that you didn't know? You're going to expose some of your doubts. And it can be difficult. It can be awkward. And so I have a worry that some of you might like start getting together on a regular basis, but you just will leave out the prayer part. You'll leave out the Bible part. You'll leave out the Jesus part. And if you do, you will miss one of the most important parts of what these relationships are supposed to be and could be and should be in your life. Uh, so to talk about all that, we're going to look at a story today from the Bible. Uh, it's found in Luke chapter 5. Uh, and this is a story It's found in a couple different places. Uh, there's four different books in the Bible uh, that talk about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, this is talked about in three of them, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, but we're going to look at Luke's version. Uh, and here's what it says in Luke chapter 5. Uh, it says, One day. Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. So this crowd of smart people around him. And they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Uh, and that's going to be important. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, big crowd there, they went up to the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the, middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Uh, we'll stop there for a second. So what we have here is we have this group of friends, the, this guy who's paralyzed on his mat and this group of friends that are carrying him. And in many ways, this is an amazing group of friends. 
This is like a unique in our world, in their world especially, group of friends. Because one of the things that I think is hardest about really becoming friends with someone is to like really, really get to know someone. And once you really, really get to know someone with all their stuff and with all their baggage, to still really be close to them and love them. Uh, there's a book uh, that I love uh, by John Orberg called uh, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. You can see how much I love it because the cover's like ripping off. And he has a point in here where he says, every single person comes with what he calls an as-is tag. Uh, and do you know what an as-is tag is? Uh, sometimes uh, you'll go to a store and they'll have something for sale and they have a tag on it that has that line on there, as-is, which means like you're buying this completely the way it is. Uh, when I was in uh, college, uh, my sister lived in Cincinnati, Ohio. And whenever I would go to visit her, we would go to the official Gap outlet. And this was a super cool store. And I, when I, like, this wasn't like in an outlet mall with like, you know, like the pretzel shop and all that. This was like in like this back warehouse area. You had like nowhere it was. And like, it was just like this small little sign above it. But you went into this huge warehouse and it was where the Gap Corporation would send all their clothes that had some sort of a defect. And so every single piece of clothing in there had something a little bit wrong with it. And so you would go through, and sometimes it was like super obvious. You know, there'd be a pair of pants that would have like, you know, the, the dye would be like way off in one part of it. Or uh, one time I saw a pair of jeans and it was missing one pocket. Uh, but sometimes it'd be something super, super small. But you knew that if you looked at each of those things long enough, you would find that there's something about that piece of clothing that isn't quite right. And the truth is, is that all of us, that's our story. Uh, all of us have things about us, things about our personality, things about our past, that at some point, if you look at it, is going to be just like a little bit different, a little bit odd, maybe a little bit cumbersome or even annoying for other people. Uh, and so, for instance, uh, if you want to be my friend, then you got to get okay with the fact that you're probably going to hear about IndyCar racing a fair amount if you hang out with me. That's just part of the deal if you want to be my friend. Uh, if, if you want to spend time with me, uh, when I was in second grade, I got a report card back, and there was a big note on the bottom of the report card that said, John's voice carries. Uh, which is their way of saying, John is loud. Like, when all the other kids are being quiet, like when everyone else is trying to whisper, you just hear John above everybody else. And if you're going to be my friend, I'm working on it. I'm learning to be more quiet. I'm learning not to talk over people. But you just have to understand, like, part of being my friend means you're going to be friends with someone who's loud, who's fairly opinionated. And there's other things about me. That if you start to really get to know me, Maybe they're way more obvious than I even know or hope. That you're going to find out are a little bit annoying. <laughs> Maybe a little bit cumbersome. That are going to be like, a, you know, you're going to go home and you're like, I like John, but like that thing about him is just like, sometimes makes it a little bit difficult to be his friend. Uh, and in the story here, this guy uh, had something that was very visibly wrong. Uh, it says that he was paralyzed. We have an, that this guy was paralyzed and he was on a mat. And as maybe some of you know, if you ever had something that is physically wrong with your body, or if you have a friend and something's physically wrong with their body, that can be like a difficult thing. 
Uh, there's a, a good friend of mine, he, he goes to our church, and uh, he has a, a friend who's right now has pretty severe cancer. Uh, so severe that really the only way he can get treatment is uh, a couple times a month. He has to go down to the Sloan Cattery Center down in New York City, and he has to get treatments there. And so part of being his friend with having cancer going on means that you're going to have to give him a ride because of uh, the drugs and everything else I have to put him on. He can't drive himself. And so if you're going to really be this guy's friend, not only do you have to like, deal with everything else that goes, uh, goes along with cancer, but it means you're probably going to have to, from time to time, drive him all the way down to New York City because of COVID rules. You can't go inside. So you've got to sit in your car, which my friend does, for eight, nine hours, and then you've got to drive all the way back. It's, it's a burden. It, it, it's, it makes being friends with that person a little bit more difficult. And everyone has something like that. And, and these friends are pretty amazing because this guy has what is a pretty serious thing where he's paralyzed, he's on a mat. I mean, if they're going to go anywhere, they always got to pick him up and take him. Uh, they would have had all kinds of barriers to relationship. But somehow, these guys were good enough friends that they were able to still be friends on top of that. And that's amazing. Uh, another thing that they had is that they were taking him somewhere. And, and this is something that's not even really that unusual about these people's friends or about any kind of friends. Uh, this is just kind of like something that happens when you spend time with a group of people. Anyone who you're friends with is going to be taking you somewhere. Uh, your friends are influencing you. Uh, maybe the best way to say this, uh, about 4,000 years ago, there was a guy named Solomon, uh, king of Israel, considered to be one of the smartest people ever. And he said this, he said, walk with the wise and you will become wise. But if you are a companion of fools, you will suffer harm. His idea was that if you spend time with wise people, you're going to become wiser. If you spend time with foolish people, it's going to hurt you. And I think we all know this, but uh, who especially knows this uh, is, is parents. Uh, especially if you're parents of like, you know, like an elementary age kid or like a middle school kid, a high school kid, you are like super like diligent about knowing who their friends are. Because what you know is that you remember when you were a kid. You remember when you were in middle school, when you were in high school. And who your friends are have a profound influence on you and your actions. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, uh, same grade that my daughter's in now, uh, one of my friends that I spent a lot of time with was a guy named Brian Chandler. Uh, and we grew up in the Midwest, and so, you know, none of us were all that fashion conscious. Uh, we just had all just kind of, you know, scraggly, cool, you know, regular hair. But then one day, Brian Chandler came to school, and he had made a bold step. He had left the, the, the back part of his hair long, but he had cut the top part of his hair short. And then he had shaved up the side of his hair, and he had carved lightning bolts in the side of his hair. He looked just like vanilla ice. It was awesome. And so we all looked at Brian Chandler and thought, we need haircuts like that. And so at some point, I'll embarrassingly show you my fourth grade picture where I had a sweet mullet with lightning bolts because I was trying to be like my friends. And then in middle school, I had friends that were doing different activities. And I would go along with them because they were my friends. And in high school and in college, some stories that I would love to tell you and be proud where I was hanging out with wise friends and some friends and in some instances, where because of the company I was keeping, I made really foolish decisions. 
And the same is true for all of us right now. If the people you hang out with are very materialistic, I bet their materialism is rubbing off on you. If the people you hang out with a lot are very cynical and angry, I bet their cynicism and anger rubs off on you. If the people that you spend time with are always, you know, talking trash about their families, you know, and talking down about their spouses, then I bet that rubs off on you. Because whoever you walk with, everyone is taking you somewhere. And so quick question uh, before we uh, move on. Think real quick of the closest relationships in your life these days. Who are the people that you work with, you live with, you go to the gym with, you run with, you eat with, you Zoom with? Who are the people you spend the most time with? One at a time, ask yourself, is this relationship moving me closer to God or farther away? If you have any idea that you want to love Jesus, love each other, and love the world with your life, are your friends moving you closer or further away? And furthermore, is it helping me grow spiritually and morally? Is it producing habits and attitudes that are causes for concern? Where are your friends? Where are your coworkers? Where are the people that have the most influence into your life? Where are they taking you? Uh, this guy was incredibly lucky with this because his friends were taking him, not just kind of anywhere, they were taking him to Jesus. Uh, and this was a pretty big deal. Uh, this was pretty early on in Jesus' ministry. Uh, you know, Jesus, had, by this point, had healed a few people. Uh, right before this, he had healed someone who had leprosy. So there was kind of like hype around Jesus' healing skills. Uh, it was pretty early on in Jesus' ministry. So some people were like chit-chatting about the idea that he may be the Son of God, that he may be the Messiah. But everyone knew that this Jesus guy was something special. And so these guys decided, we are going to take our friend who we love, who we've gone past the burden of, even though he's on a mat, well, we're going to be his friend anyways. We're going to take our friend to Jesus. And this wasn't easy because they got to the house that day and it was really, really crowded. I mean, there's no way they could even get close to where Jesus was. Jesus was inside the house. People were just, you know, all over. And then they saw some stairs that were on the outside of the house, which would have been common 2,000 years ago. They climbed up to the top of the house and it would have been this like mud and kind of, you know, straw and thatch roof. And they started to dig a hole in the roof because they were so committed. I mean, nothing was going to stop them from getting their friend to Jesus. And that's a big deal. Because a lot of us, I mean, we could come up with a lot of excuses, can't we? Like, ah, I, 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 need, I know I need to help my friend. I know I need a friend that's going to help me get, get closer to Jesus. But like, oh, I'm so busy and it's going to be awkward. And where do I find that? You know, we can come up with so many excuses. that would be like, ah, it just looks too hard. Let's, let's just try it a different day. But not these guys. These guys were 100% committed. We, one way or another, we are going to get our friend to Jesus. And that was a big deal because here's what Jesus said. He said, when Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. We actually, it never tells us in the story about this guy on the mat, what his faith was. We don't, I mean, we don't even know if he even wanted to go. I mean, these guys, I mean, his friends, like, they literally, they had control. I mean, they could pick him up wherever they want to go. He, he's going to go too. Uh, we don't really know where this guy was at faith-wise. What we do know is their faith. And their faith was enough to cause Jesus to do something amazing. And that's a big deal for every single one of us. The faith of the people around us can have dramatic influence on us. 
even if we're not sure about everything, even if we have questions, even if we're not even really sure if we want to go in that direction, if we're spending time with people that are intentional about taking us to Jesus, then their faith will affect what happens to our life. And you need friends like that in your life. Uh, and then here's the uh, next thing. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. To which a point, I think that the guy on the mat would have been like, huh? I think the guys, you know, up on the roof still looking down at their friend, you know, they would have looked down and been like, what? Like, that's, that's not why we're here. Like, we, we, our friend is paralyzed. Like, he, it's obvious what his problem is in life, and like, that's why we brought him here. Like, that's why we were so adamant, you know? That's why we dug the hole in the roof, because we wanted you to heal his body, like, we're really not that concerned about his sins. And this is why it's so important that you don't just do the first steps of the one-on-one and get together and keep each other accountable and talk about your problems, but not do the Jesus stuff. Not include prayer. Not include Bible reading. Because it's very possible that what you think is the biggest problem in your life what your friend thinks is the biggest problem. I mean, if, he, if we can just get together and if like, we can work on my finances, they're such a mess. Like, if you can help me with that, ah, oh, that would really make my life better. I mean, if you could, I'm, I'm such a disaster as a dad right now. I'm losing my temper with my kids. I mean, if you can help me with that, if you can help me with this, you know, bad habit in my life, you know, if you, you can help me start eating better. Whatever you think is the biggest thing in your life, that if, if this could just be fixed, maybe, and it could be really important, But if you start getting together with a friend and that friend is regularly taking you to Jesus, then something bigger, something bigger under the surface might show up. That what you think is your biggest problem, that's just, that's the tip of the iceberg. You have something way, way deeper as far as sin, as far as how broken, as far as how much of a mess you are. And what you need is so much more than you ever thought. Uh, this is what uh, John Orprick says. I love it. He says, count on it. In community with Jesus and with those who love you, most of what happened to this man will happen with you. Here's what will happen. Sin will get named and dealt with. And although this sounds frightening, I get it. I mean, if you start getting together with a one-on-one on a regular basis, at some point, I really believe Like the stuff that like maybe you've never told anybody. Maybe stuff that you don't even really even know or have processed yet might come up. And that's scary. To have to face that yourself, to have someone else know it, it's scary. I get it. But it may be the best gift of all. The way for you to really ever move forward is to not do it alone and is to definitely not do it without Jesus. You need both. Uh, so, let me ask you uh, a couple questions real quick. Uh, first question. Do you have someone who prays for you? Regularly. Uh, as in, like, someone knows enough about what's going on in your life that they know what to pray. Not like praying generally, specifically, bringing in your name, but like they know the real stuff in your life that you need prayer for. Uh, bigger than that, do you have someone who prays with you? Do you have someone that regularly You guys get, and you close your eyes together, maybe you get on your knees together, and you pray together. I get that, that's vulnerable. That's like, that's a level of intimacy that like most like 
I, I read a quote a while ago that like one of like the biggest like predictors of couples uh, marriages staying together is if they pray together and so many christian couples don't pray together and so many christian friends even don't pray together because it's weird and it's awkward and there's like this level of intimacy that when you like really like not just like praying for your food but like deep down praying for the stuff that's going on in your life it's it's weird it's awkward and it's powerful and it will change you and you need it do you have somebody like that? Uh, next, do you have someone who encourages you in spiritual habits? Do you have someone who's encouraging you to go to online church, to, to join one of these classes, to, to read your Bible on a regular basis, to pray? Do you have someone who's keeping you accountable to that, to encourage you? You need somebody like that in your life. Uh, do you have someone who you can study the Bible with? Again, I just like read the Bible together, but like where you guys can like ask questions, you know, talk about your doubts, you know, just like be super honest and then actually apply it to your life. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Uh, the next one, do you have someone who is taking you to Jesus? You need somebody like that in your life. Uh, and then here's finally, uh, here's why, and this will lead us into our time of uh, communion today. Because like John Orprick said, if you start getting together with someone and if you start doing this kind of life and community and you're each trying to bring each other to Jesus, it will bring up the big kind of sinful, nasty stuff in your life. And then it's just going to be like, okay, there's a part of that that feels good just to have it out in the open, but then, then what do you do? Because it's just like, it's there. Like, what, what, what do you do with it? And like, no matter who your friend is, I mean, they might be awesome. They might give you some advice, but like, they, they, they can't solve that for you. They, they, they can't forgive that for you. you know, they, there's nothing they can really do about it because they're just a normal person, and you're just a normal person looking at their sins. And so what the two of you need, once you get those sins on the table, is you need a bigger force, a supernatural force, to help you take care of it. Uh, so here's what uh, happens. Here's the end of the story. It says the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law who began thinking to themselves, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Like, that was one of the regular questions about people looking at Jesus. Not like, what are you, but who are you? Like, what is this going on? Uh, it says, who can forgive sins? But God alone. Again, this is the beginning of Jesus' story. They're just trying to figure out exactly who Jesus is. But what they know is that this guy just claimed that he can forgive their sins. He claimed that he could bring about supernatural healing. And Normal people can't do that. Only God can do that. And could it be possible that this Jesus fellow is more than just a healer, more than just like a good teacher, but that he could actually be the supernatural force that could bring real and lasting change? Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? And he says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Uh, I'm about to do something in the physical world. But I just want it to be like, this is just a little push to know, I can do so much more in the supernatural world. Uh, next, it says, So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. And then, immediately, he stood up in front of them and what he had been lying on, and he went home praising God. I love that. His emphasis at the end of this wasn't, man, aren't my friends so awesome? Uh, 
But God was so awesome. Uh, and this is how it ends. It says, everyone was amazed, and they gave praise to God, and they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things here today. And that's my hope. And that's my prayer. That's why I want you to take the risk to be in one of these one-on-ones and to not just do it as like two great people together, but with the help of the Holy Spirit and Jesus involved. Because I want you to be able to say, man, we started getting together, remarkable things happened. It was painful sometimes. It was difficult sometimes. But God got involved. We started sharing honestly. We learned together. Stuff got brought up that I never thought I was going to tell anybody else. But let me tell you, remarkable things happen once we started doing this. And it's because we got involved in a God who loves us enough to not only help us to name our sins, but freely forgives us of our sins. So let's take communion today as we remember that God that we want to include and make center in these one-on-one relationships. Let's take communion together. Let's take a breath. Let's take the juice together. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for the influences in my life. And I... I have some wise people in my life, and I have some foolish people in my life, and I'm tempted sometimes to spend time with both. God, help me to spend time intentional with the wise. God, help me to find someone and help all of us to find someone that we can spend regular time with, and that together we can encounter you, we can pray together, and as you start to reveal what our biggest needs are in life, you would give us the courage to act to to move forward, to address really difficult things, knowing that you already know it all anyways, and that you have already paid the price, and you have forgiven us of all of those things. And so we can be healed, we can move forward, and we can live a life that you have intended for us to live. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Uh, again, make sure you go to the website uh, and click on the one-on-one tab. If you have someone in your life and you're like, they're, they're a good friend, but yet yeah, we're not at that level yet, they might be the person you need to ask. If you have no idea who you're going to ask, then let us know. We would love to help pair you, but I hope you take this next step. Uh, so, all right. Craig, come take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, Well, um, thank you, John, and hopefully this uh, service was helpful to you guys. I know it was for me as I was reflecting on who that one person is going to be in my life. And uh, every week, we, as I said earlier, we try to grow. We try to be all that God has called us to be. And so for that purpose to grow, uh, there's a couple things that we have available. Um, We have uh, about 1 o'clock today, if you signed up for the emails, you should be receiving uh, an email, which is basically a, a way to grow into some questions to ask about what we learned today, and also uh, some uh, prayers, and things to kind of help us to kind of take what we learned and take it to the next step. Oh. Um, and also, there's a connect card 
that we can uh, that you can utilize and just let us know any next steps you'd like to take anything that you need prayer about uh, it's just our way to be able to connect with you guys and hopefully you'll, you'll take advantage of that and uh, hope you guys have a great week um, and as a as a church we try to be a group of people that are loving each other if you have anything going on please let us know again we love you have a great week